Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. As always, if you're looking to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle, Carl Chevrolet, carlchevrolet.com, carlchevroletstewart.com, exit 90 at The Rock in Ankeny, as well as just west of the Des Moines Metro on Interstate 80 in Stewart. What's up, Fitzy? Hey, dude. How's it going? Not too bad, man. It's uh, been a busy couple weeks. Yeah. The uh, old National Signing Day is tomorrow. Yes, the old National Signing Day is tomorrow. Uh, Iowa State plays West Virginia in men's basketball. The Iowa State women play Oklahoma State in women's basketball. Tomorrow is going to be a crazy day. Yep, a lot of stuff coming out. On the bright side, signing day doesn't really mean anything anymore <laughs> at this point. Because they had, they had that... Uh, <laughs> Excuse you. Uh, they had that offensive line recruit uh, yeah. from today, but I don't think there's going to be anything too surprising tomorrow. No, get the the commitment from Anthony Smith, a two-star recruit out of the state of Florida, Lakeland, Florida, I think is where he's from. Uh, just another nice addition, the 23rd commitment for Iowa State's 2020 class, as mm-hmm. well as the kicker last week, Br- uh, Brandon Sauls, I think is his name, uh, one of the, the top 10 kickers in the country by all of the kicking metrics. I don't know what the, yeah. the kicking services are different than which, like 247. But which, which is good, but at the same time, like wasn't Narverson really highly rated too? Yeah, he was. Uh, I think kicking is probably hard to judge. Yeah. A lot of it is so mental, Yep, I think. I did think it was interesting. I, I remember Campbell commented on it's good that his, his kicks get up quickly, which I think you, know, you don't really think about when you're when you're just a regular fan but like you got to get that kick up so it doesn't get blocked right it's a big part of kicking yeah in the you know the the other thing too is that obviously's kicker for the last two years has been a walk-on mm-hmm. uh, I think Cole Netton started his career as a walk-on yep. at Iowa State so that's just one of those positions that's kind of like I think there's a lot of guys out there can who can do it but it's finding the right guys yeah, they can do it at the times that you need them to be able to do it. And yeah, there there are guys out there with really strong legs, but you got to be accurate to be a good kicker. Exactly. There's so many pieces that go into it. Yeah. Like you and I could probably go out and like knock I, through an extra point. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I mean, I was never good at soccer personally. Were you ever good at soccer? I never played soccer. Yeah. We, don't, we don't play soccer in Southwest Iowa. Come on. I haven't played soccer since I was five years old. So yeah, never, I never I don't think I could tell you the last time I ever played soccer. <laughs> uh, but I. I do think it's interesting that they decided to go and get another scholarship kicker. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all, but mm-hmm. it's just got to keep that pressure on uh, on old Connor and Sally. Yeah, and I imagine, I would think that, let's see, because the, they will overlap one year. Yeah. So it'll be a red shirt, and then uh, Saul will be able to step in next year, I would imagine. Yeah, I, would, I think that that would probably be best case scenario. But uh, no, either way, I, you know, signing day, there was a day, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago where I'd be taking my phone into classes in high school and trying to sneak it in to watch guys doing their hat ceremonies and those kinds of things back yeah. in the day. Man, it's all kind of gone away now. Even the early signing period doesn't have that yeah. as much. It's like everything used to happen in one single day. Like all the national letters of intent would come in they, right. through the fax machine, of course. And then, of course, the the few surprises that were left would announce on the day of and, you know, like the Bailey brothers, I was thinking like that's a, that was the last like really true big surprise for Iowa State football, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and more Jaquan. I think they knew they were getting Josh, but yeah, 
Jaquan threw him through a loop a little bit. That's right. And he'll, he'll be entering his last year, obviously, with his injury right. this past year. And I think that it's good that it is that way, especially for schools like Iowa State. But at the same time, it's like it, like, it takes some of the excitement out for people like us. Yeah, from a fan perspective, it's not as exciting. But I, I, I do, uh, from a thinking strategically standpoint, I do appreciate the early signing period. Yeah, it's good because it's like some of those guys who were – you know, the Hunter Deckers and people like that of the world that are at the the top of Iowa State's class, they... They can't be poached. Right, you can't poach them, but uh, you... I mean, it's just crazy how much earlier everything starts, you know? Mm. Like, now they've got two commitments in their 2021 class, mm. and basically they've been completely focused on 2021 for quite a while at yeah. this point. So it's just it's crazy just how the entire game has changed because of that early period as well as the transfer portal and all those kinds of things that just throw a lot of wrinkles into the into the scenario. Yeah, and even with the with the more laws that are passed by these states, I imagine the the paying college athletes will be more of a factor in the coming years too. Yeah, even in uh, in this state mm-hmm. now is that I yeah that, that, that was on the the floor at that's this, right at this time, which is exciting. I I would have to imagine that they're going to pass it. I would guess that they probably won't actually. <laughs> really, but that would be. I mean, that's just based on that'll be with a lot what of backlash. I know about the yeah about the state of Iowa and well, why we kind of the why, way things are. While we kind of touched on politics there, you just want to get the Iowa caucus crap out of the oh way. Oh my gosh, dude, what a disaster! <laughs> yeah, uh, did you caucus? I didn't caucus. You didn't caucus. I didn't caucus. Okay. Uh, I didn't either. So okay. Uh, I just made jokes about it on the internet. Yeah, same here. I was all over Twitter. Um, the thing was, like, I, I I was eagerly waiting to stay up and find out the results of the election, like everyone else. Right. Last night. Um. So it got to be you know ten o'clock, ten thirty, eleven, and then by then I put my phone down. And finally, I was like, okay, screw it, I'm going to bed. Right. And even when we woke up this morning, we didn't get it until, you know, 4, 4 p.m. this afternoon. And it's only 62% of the precincts reporting at this point. Yeah. So it's like, what a total crap show. What a disaster, dude. I mean, it's it's just, it's crazy how, you know, you go four years, like, anticipating something happening. Mm-hmm. And just for it to go, so I don't, I don't know that there's ever been anything that I can remember that had so much anticipation that went this poorly. Yeah, I know. Firefest, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good example. Um, the, the interesting thing was like, it, it came out that the app was the big issue. It sounds like. Yeah. And it's like, surely they would have tested it and and triple tested it like by now, just to make sure it works correctly. Well, the funniest part is that they came out last night and released a statement and said it wasn't the app. That oh, was the they? problem. Yeah. But then they, today they came out and said, yeah, it was that. Okay. Yeah. The I was, app was say, the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I could have swore this morning they said that was what the, the issue was. So, but yeah, all, all, all things considered just a terrible night for Iowa, especially. Right. More I mean, field, I would, more, I'm not, a, I'm not a politics <laughs> reporter, you know, no. but I would imagine that our first in the first in the nation status is, is very much in jeopardy. Yeah. Right now. And it seems like people say that every year, but I think this is like the example that might be the final straw Yeah, that breaks the camel's back. Well, in the, I mean, the funny thing is that uh, I saw somebody, I think it was maybe Nate Silver from uh, 538 538 that said, uh, you know, if Iowa was going to try and do something to take some attention, they're like, this is definitely not like a way to drum up more media or anything like that. But they're like, but if they were going to do something to the Democrats, we're going to do something to try and take away attention from Donald Trump's State of the Union tonight. This would be one way to do it. 
That's true. I hadn't really thought about that. If for whatever reason, I think between impeachment and the the caucuses, the State of the Union just kind of like flew under the radar for me entirely. Well, yeah, I didn't realize that it was today until yeah. uh, I saw AOC tweeting about how she wasn't going to be there. And oh. I was like, wait, I wonder when that is. And mm-hmm. then I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's literally today. Yeah. Huh. Well, there we go. Yeah. And, you know, who knows? I, I, obviously, we don't want to get too far into politics, but like this could end up being the last State of the Union from Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, potentially it could. Yeah, we, uh, don't, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It, we don't even know who he's going to be running against. And we apparently yeah. didn't make any progress towards finding that out. At least we haven't yet. So, yeah. uh, no, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think that there, if we're going to do a silver lining, maybe this means that we won't have to go through like two, four years of political ads. Yeah. During the next cycle. Precisely. Um, my goodness, it just seemed like for whatever reason, though, like there, there's so many like candidates who actually had a, a chance in this caucus circuit for yeah. whatever reason. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Cause well, again, it helps that there was a lot of them running. Yeah. And you know, ne- neither of us are that old, but I can't remember a, a more um, like dead heat. Like everyone has a chance kind of caucus in my, in yeah. my lifetime. Well, that was the crazy thing to me is it's like you go into it and you know, I kind of thought that probably Bernie would win. That was just what I was figuring would probably happen. Um, but at the same time, you're like, but I can see, you know, I could see why Pete would win, mm-hmm. or I could see why Elizabeth Warren would win, mm-hmm. or why, you know, Joe Biden's being considered the front right. runner even, for a while. Like, even Joe Biden, I don't, I, yeah. the, 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 the his polling, leaves, his polling has not been very good. Yeah, the tea leaves were pointing in the direction for him not performing well. Yeah, and based on everything that we've seen so far, it doesn't look like he did perform very well. So, yep, it was funny. The somebody, I can't remember the tweet things that are more uh, popular uh-huh. in, in the state of Iowa right now. Yeah. And I said, I just said Nebraska and you said the, the coastal elites. Yeah. The coastal elite media members who come in and crap on Casey's and high V. Yep. Man, that was the funniest thing to me last week was when, so I was in, uh, I was in Denver over the weekend uh, visiting my friend mm-hmm. and I saw some pictures on Instagram. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. It was, it was fun, dude. It was a good time, but uh, we were at a little diner in, in Denver, downtown Denver on Friday morning and I see that story from the New York or from the Washington Times where it says, uh, is Iowa a myth? Yeah. It was the headline, I think. And I was like, oh, gosh. With that monstrous opening paragraph. Right. And then you read the opening paragraph and I'm sitting there like, man, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Uh, that was it, the most adjectives packed into one paragraph I've ever seen. Right. And I, I showed it to my I showed it to my friend. He was he grew up in Iowa and, and just recently moved out to Denver about a little less than a year ago. And uh and he's like, man, that may be by me the longest sentence I've ever read yeah. in my entire, because it's all one sentence. Mm-hmm. I, I was sitting there genuinely, I'm like, man, I write some wrong, some long sentences sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I think anybody that, that but that's kind of like what I do that on purpose. You mm-hmm. know, I was envious of this guy's sentence that he wrote yeah. because I don't even know that I could read the whole thing mm-hmm. without it sounding ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, it's. It's kind of a, a departure from what everyone comes to expect on the internet nowadays because, you know, when you grew up, especially in J school nowadays, like when you're writing for the internet, you're supposed to keep the sentences pretty short. Right. So. Well, and it's all about flow. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I've figured out is it's like you can write longer sentences if you can make them flow, this, flow the correct way. Yep. Uh, all right. So I pulled this up just for the people that haven't ever, that didn't see it or, I mean, this is just pure comedy the way that this is written. Uh, so the first sentence is, I was a fairy tale. 
Somewhere between the crumbling bridges, the meth clinics, the jackknifed tractor trailers, the zombie combine steered by satellite, the putrid purgatories for dinner-bound hogs, somewhere among the wannabe novelists and suicidal farmers and drooling cage fighters sponsored by bargain hotel chains down rutted byways to giant wind turbines alongside ditches oozing with nitrates and bush light is a loose menagerie of utopia where Americans are pleasant, responsible, and cooperative, where they pass down their civic duty like a trust fund, where they still have one hand in the, the following topsoil and other and the other locked in fellowship with their neighbor and their eyes on the future of the republic. There are so many insults <laughs> packed in there. Yeah. While then following that up with so many things that I think were supposed to be complimentary. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it was so funny to see the writer uh, on Twitter trying to defend himself, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, he, I think he tweeted at me trying to defend himself. And I was kind of like, I didn't reply to him because I was just like, hey, man, like. You wrote it. You wrote this. I don't know. Like, yeah. you wrote the whole thing. I'm not going to sit here and try and. I'm not going to feel bad for you. I always wonder if the people, again, like he was probably from what, somewhere out East Coast, I would imagine. Well, I'd imagine from Washington. He's, yeah. or, he's or Washington. writes for the Washington yeah, yeah. Post. Yeah. So then, like, I imagine, like, he writes that with the thought that, you know, he'll get a lot of people on the coast be like, oh, what a great article. Yeah. I'm going to share this. It's going to be so positive. Oh, I'm going to get so much support behind myself. And then it gets picked up by someone in Iowa and then it just spreads like wildfire around here. And then all of a sudden the mobs right after you. I almost wonder if these people don't think that we actually have the internet sometimes. You, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what their mindset is. There was a, this is it's kind of funny. This was a long time ago. This is probably when I was either in high school or just early in college, but I had a cousin who came and visited us and asked if we had the internet. And, and it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so like this would have been like the early 2010s, you know? Yeah. By and, then everyone of course had internet. Right. Obviously we had the internet. I mean, it wasn't very fast everywhere, but we had internet. Yeah. And, uh, it's just like, yeah, I mean, we've got the internet. We have running water. <laughs> we have indoor our plumbing. Ba- well, yeah, I say yeah. our bathrooms are inside. Like, yeah. You know, for the most part, like we're in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. We're we might not be right up there with the 21st century, but we're pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? We're at least mid 20th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now nah, it's just funny to think, see how some people think of Iowa. Yeah, and just the way that it's like portrayed. And sadly, they don't think anything better of Iowa after the last couple couple of days. Well, yeah, and that's a stupid thing because it's like this could happen anywhere. Yeah, that pro- the process is so complicated, which is one is the first problem. Yeah, it's just just like why are we still using this stupid process? Mm-hmm. But and again, like this isn't this isn't Iowans necessarily messing up. This is just a, a whether it's technology or a small group of people who did something that didn't make it so everything could be reported correctly. Well, we've only been doing this for like forty years, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> Like, clearly we knew how to do it at some point. Yeah. You know, we just didn't do a very good job this time. Yeah. I mean, I know they had extra, like, stuff they had to do this year for, like, new regulations and whatnot, but still, it seems like they made it a little bit more too complicated than they needed to. Yeah. We got to gotta make some changes, I think. Yeah. Some, gotta fix and I'm sure, I'm sure the next time they won't make the same mistakes, that's for sure. I sure as hell hope not. Yep. Uh, now that we have deviated from sports to politics for quite a while but i don't think we like really talked politics but no. uh do you want to talk some basketball yeah sure uh so iowa state lost again <laughs> they did lose again <laughs> uh their third third straight loss i think uh they're i think i saw that it was their eighth loss in their last 10 
Yep. Um, I mean, it, it gets, again, like, there's not that much new to talk about, though. So I think like, no. they keep losing the same kind of ways. Right. They, they, they have spurts where they look like they're a competent team, and then especially late in games, they just kind of fall apart, whether it's – you know, a lack of a lack of coaching, whether it's a lack of, uh, you know, player performance, whether it's a lack of I don't know. But anyways, they, they just they just can't play a full 40 minutes. And obviously the, the, the shooting woes are still bad. Everything like what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just think that there's so many things that at this point can't be fixed, really. You yeah. know, it's like we can talk about oh, they're bad three point defense. Wow. Been talking about that for a while. Nothing's changed. Yeah. We could talk about their bad three-point shooting. Again, nothing's been talking changed. about that for a while. Nothing's really changed. Yeah. Uh, like, I was, you know, their offense still gets really stagnant sometimes, and it doesn't really seem to make any sense what their goal is. Yep. Uh, Mike Jacobson somehow still ends up with two times as many shots as anybody else on the team does in the first half of a game. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what to say anymore. I, I wrote about that on, you know, I wrote after that Baylor game. Just, I think we've gotten to a point now where it's kind of like, it ain't going to work. No. You know, like there's, this is, this year's kind of lost. Yep. Just try and figure out the way to, to set it up for, for next year the best way we can. Yeah. Like, I think the, the, the ceiling of this team I mean, this is like an obvious statement, but the ceiling of this team is limited just because of the roster. Mm-hmm. And even like even when they shoot well, they're still like they could technically keep pace with some of the better teams in the conference, but they're not going to like blow anyone out like they did occasionally last year. No, and they're just not going to they're, they're not going to like win any games. I think that you don't expect them to yeah. probably just because it's like they're they don't have that ability to get super hot. Yeah. Or at least they don't seem to. We haven't seen them have that ability. Yep. And. In the past, there'd be those days where it's like, man, they just, they're hitting everything. Yep. You know, that, ge- that game at Kansas three years ago now, uh, like they don't have that, you know, and it's unfortunate, but it's just, it's just reality. Mm-hmm. And that's something Rob Gray and I talked about on the radio show last week. It's like, you look up and down this roster, how many guys on this team you think are really filling a role that is the best case scenario for them? It's exactly the role that they should be in. I mean, you, you you can make the argument that there are none. I mean, you, you, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Yeah, because I mean, even Tyrese, yeah, he's a heck of a player, but his role would be maximized by having better players around him and being able to, to distribute more. Precisely. I think that there is that's what it comes down to for me is that there's just like there's not anybody that's doing exactly like what they should be doing. Yeah. And in turn, it makes it really hard for them some nights to. You know, guys like have to step up and be better than what they are. They have to have a bigger role than what they should be playing. And it's kind of unfair to people, you know, because I think it puts them in some bad situations. But at the same time, it's just like it's the reality of the game sometimes. Yep. And there's nothing that can be done about mm-hmm. it right now. It's just it, it's get through this, you know, try and mitigate the damage as much as you can and and move on. Get ready for next year. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're an Iowa State fan at this point, your mindset should be if you want any sniff of the postseason, you're going to have to hope they make some noise in Kansas City. And I, at this point, I have not much faith that that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think, too, like, it's just 
to me, I feel like every game should be an audition, but for these guys, you know, mm. what, what are you going to show me that makes you, me feel confident in you going into next year? Yep. You know, whether it's Zion Griffin or Terrence Lewis or Roger Bolton or yeah. Trey Jackson, Caleb Grill, whoever it might be, give me some confidence in yeah. what you're going to bring to the table for next year. And you know? one thing I do want to say in terms of that is it was encouraging to see that Trey Jackson got the start against Texas. Yeah, and then he played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think it was a, the kind of thing where it made that much of an impact, but it, I feel like that's a good thing for those of us watching prone with like a hawk's eye just because it, it, it's like yes that would be a sign that he's playing more for next year yeah and i think that it, like you can try i mean it comes back to you can shuffle the lineup around all you want you know but you're not going to really change anything you mm-hmm. know because guys aren't really like putting them in the starting lineup doesn't change what they're capable of mm-hmm. you know and maybe it gives them some confidence or something like that but it's just like there's there's just so many different factors that go into it. And I mean, the big one right now to me is talent. Like I just, I just don't think the talent is there yep. to, to have made a, a run to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, people can say, oh man, you flipped that Florida A&M game and that TCU game and, you know, everything's different. Well, you can't. Yeah. You can't do that. Nope. That's not a thing. You can't flip that Texas game from a loss to a win. You lost. Mm-hmm. Game's over. You're nine and twelve. That's the reality. Yep. There's there is no other way to be like, well, you know, flip this around and like uh, the narrative is different. So, well, no, the, the narrative is what it is because that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And you know, you hope that next year they can come back and you know figure some things out and be in a better position. But yeah, right now it's just I can understand why people are down. Yep. You know, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I don't think that there's that much to write about this team right now. Just because, like I said. I think the problem is pretty simple mm-hmm. and, and it's an unfortunate situation to have to be in. Yep. And yeah, they have some talented players hopefully coming in next year, but the fact is they're going to be super young again next year. Yeah. And they're not going to have Tyrese in all likelihood. Yeah. So that you're still turning over like five spots on your roster again. Exactly. And even if you replace those five spots with more talent across the board, you're still going to, again, you're going to be inexperienced. You're going to have a lot of gelling to do throughout that season. And it's going to be in front of a fan base that once wins now. Yeah. So there's like a rock in a hard place type mm-hmm. situation here. Yep. And we're going to see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Things are going to get real interesting here, mm-hmm. I think, because there's going to be a lot more pressure on. The pressure cooker is going to start heating up, especially because I think the team on the other side of the state's pretty damn good, and they're going to be really good next year too. Yeah. Uh briefly i do think this iowa team is different than years past like they look like they're more mentally and physically tough and i think it's led because it's all because of luca garza yeah like i think he has that mindset uh that you know he's just gonna go out and bully people and get his yeah and everyone rallies around him yeah i mean i said on kxno last week i think i think luca's national player of the year Mm -hmm. right now in my mind yeah. Um, in my in my eyes, I mean, obviously it depends on the draw, but I, I think that they're a Sweet 16 team at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I think if they keep winning, they're a team that could be a top three seed in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And they are, they look like a kind of team that because of the way that they, they're willing to get down and get dirty with you a little bit, mm-hmm. Man, it wouldn't shock me at all if they made a really deep run yep. in March. Yep. And 
you know, I don't say that to like piss people off, but I think that's just, yeah, that's just a fact. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. It's, that's just speaking truth. And it's going to suck to watch obviously as a, a rival fan, but at the right. same time, I mean, they're due, I guess. Yeah. They're t- yeah. <laughs> it's been a while for them. How long until we're due? Uh, hopefully next year. Hopefully next year in something. Yeah. It's just, just something. Please. Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll take, uh, you, yeah. you got anything else? Uh, Super Bowl. Oh, Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I mean, we can talk about it after the break because we, I think we only have hot nod after the break too. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. We'll take a quick break. Stands and fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome back to Stands and Fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network in the Carl Chevrolet Studios, carlchevrolet.com, carlchevroletstewart.com off exit 90 at the Rock in Ankeny. And then just west of the Des Moines Metro in Stewart on Interstate 80. So were, Super you, Bowl. So were you watching the Super Bowl out in Colorado then? No, I got back uh, about midday on Sunday. Gotcha. Was so able to watch the game here. Where is it, did you watch at your apartment or where did you watch? I watched the first half in my apartment and then second half at a friend's apartment. Gotcha. Were you rooting for the Chiefs? I was rooting for the Chiefs. My friend that I visited in Denver, big Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of my best friends, huge Chiefs fan. So, so I, w- I was wanting to see them be happy. So your, your friend in Denver there, he's in the middle of enemy territory then. He is. Yeah, right out there in, in Bronco has, territory. Has he told you if that's been a struggle at all? Like, has he been ridiculed by anyone? Or He told me early on in the season that there's like a Chiefs bar somewhere. Oh, really? Where all the people from Kansas City go and hmm. watch the Chiefs. So he, he knows where his people go. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, he's got that part figured out. Uh, but I don't think that he's like too worried about it yeah you know uh but i i was texting with him and he's just like man i can't believe this is happening yeah when they were about to win so i'm just beside myself right now i can't i can't believe this that um that game honestly it felt like the 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 chiefs because you know they had come back so many times especially in the postseason it kind of felt like the old the old iowa state basketball teams really like even though they got down by 20 points against oklahoma you were never worried about them completely being out of the game right and even then like I thought that it was over at the start of the fourth quarter when they're down 10. Mahomes throws a second interception. I'm sitting there kind of like, man, I don't know about this. Yeah. This is going to be tough, you know. And that was as much as anything because of the way San Francisco was playing more than it was because of the way Kansas City was playing. San Francisco's roster is built perfectly to get a hold of like a 10-point a, a lead and then just grind it out. Yeah. And win they're games. like a boa constrictor. Exactly. I mean, it's like Iowa. That's what they're built like is they're built like an Iowa type yep. team. Whereas Texas, or not Texas Tech. <laughs> Same thing. Kansas City's built more like Oklahoma, you know. Yep. And... But now they've got like a real defense and it's not smoke and mirrors like those guys are good. Yep. And you can tell that they really feed off of their offense. And when the offense gets cooking, then they're like, oh, yeah, now it's time for us to because I feel like it probably puts so much pressure on the other offense Mm -hmm. that you can kind of start to see it in their eyes that they're like, they're like, man, we have to go and score. Yeah. And that's when the defense is like, oh, now we know we got them in a position where they think they have to go and score. Yeah. And you could tell that, especially late in the game, San Francisco started to press a little bit. Yeah. Like, I feel like they needed, they, they knew they had to extend their lead because Patrick Mahomes was probably going to score a couple times. Yeah. And he did, and they won the game. He did, and they won the game. And it was just, I mean, I think it was probably one of the better Super Bowls that I can remember just because it was up until, even though the Chiefs won by 11, up until the like final minutes, it was in doubt. You know, and it was just like a a well-played football game. Not like it's in doubt because it's been a crappy football game. Yeah. And it was so much enjoyable from the perspective that there was no villain to really root against, in my opinion. 
Like, yeah, technically it, I know I got the perspective that there are a lot of Chiefs fans around here. And some, I know if some people wanted to root against the Chiefs just because, you know, there's a lot of local, you know, buzz and they don't want to see those people be happy for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. But, uh, it was nice not having to root against Tom Brady. I'll say that. Right. That, that's definitely true. Uh, it was funny to see Tom post on Instagram last week, the picture of, of yeah. the stadium and him walking in the tunnel. Uh, and then it was all for a Hulu ad. Yeah. <laughs> what an epic troll. That was that was like that was one of my that probably would be my top five commercials just because it's it's such a Tom thing to do. Tom is like he was never on Instagram or anything like that before, and then all of a sudden he got on there, and now he's like really good at the internet. Yeah, he's gotten way too good at the internet, way too fast. It's like it's like he spent the last fifteen years of his professional football career just like preparing for the, the day he'd make his social media debut yeah and now that he has he's perfectly trained well and he embraces all of the jokes about him and everything like he's just all in he's like yeah i i know what i'm doing yeah on the internet so are you thinking that he ends up back on new england next year or do you think he'll go somewhere else my buddy uh was telling me um that he thinks he's gonna go to oakland oakland yeah which i don't know about that not oakland las vegas i guess it would be now yeah same thing uh yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, dude. He's he's gonna go somewhere where he can he will have a, like a damn good shot at winning the ring. Well, that's what I said. He's like, dude, like uh, it's a value bet because I send him the odds for the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, and he's like, man, thirty to one for Las Vegas. He's like, once Tom joins them, they just wait. Those odds are gonna jump up. And I was like, dude, I don't think Tom Brady's like the difference between the Raiders winning the Super Bowl and not winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I saw that there was a, a rumor at one point that he was sh- that he had moved his kids to or something like that to Nashville. Yeah, and the, the, there was the Titans obviously connection. And you know, honestly, like rumors aside, and I think that was disproven. But rumors aside, like Tennessee would be a good spot for him just because I feel like their offensive line is pretty good. Right. And obviously, they they made a deep run this year. Like and that, you got Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. So you can grind it out and. I'll say though, like I just everything. don't think Tom's that good anymore. He's not. I mean, he's old. Yeah. <laughs> he's like 43 years old. You yeah. Know? His arm, his, he's still pretty accurate, but at the same time, he's lost some oomph for sure. Yeah, I think the Titans would be in better shape just to run it back. Yeah. With, with Tannehill. Tannehill was good. Yeah, I agree there. But uh, I know the Patriots want to keep him. Yeah. And I would think that you would do everything you can to keep him if you're them just because of all he's done for you. Right. If I was them, I'd draft someone, I'd sign him for one more year and say, Tom, like, this is your go your right like do it you know go, let's do it one more time we'll run it back <laughs> yeah and then like all right we're gonna we're gonna move on exactly you know? but we'll, it, i mean if he ends up coming back to new england and that is the situation then it's going to be a full year of teams like doing tributes to him and like you know kind of like when you know Dwayne wade mm-hmm. and all those people were just going out or like dirk in the nba right like a uh like a legend just doing their last go around what they call it uh a going away tour. Yes. Yeah. It'll be one of those for Tom. Yeah, I, I hope not. That'd be really <laughs> annoying. But it would. I guess we'll see. I don't think he would want that either. Uh, but yeah, I don't have anything else to say about the NFL. Um, only other things we could discuss. Halftime show. What'd you think? J-Lo, Shakira. Man, that was something else. Uh, there was a lot of shaking going on out there. There was a lot of shaking going on out there. I'll say I, I do think Shakira was the better of the two. I love J-Lo, but I think Shakira was just a much better performer. The, like, online, the, like, polarization of some people saying, like, how awesome it was and some people saying how horrible and... Well, yeah, and the the meme going around was last year when Adam Levine took his shirt off, all the same people who were complaining this year were like, oh, yeah, Adam Levine's got his shirt off, hell yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. it was just really funny to me. I was like, I'm sitting there like watching all this stuff happen on the internet. I'm like, damn, like people are really worked up about this. I wasn't yeah. even paying attention to it. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was paying full attention. Oh, I'm sure you, yeah, <laughs> I, I believe you. No, it was, I mean, it was, it was a little had bit, to put a pillow in your lap. Well, it was awkward because, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was awkward because I was watching at my in-laws and my, my father-in-law's a pastor. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he was watching all these as well. And, uh, so yeah. It was a sorry, Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, Jesus. Exactly. That was, that was basically <laughs> what I'm sure we, he was saying in his head. So, uh, so yeah, Man, but that's what I'm saying. It's just so funny. Like, did you see the thing? I saw one where it was like a Facebook post and then someone replied to it and said, even my teenage son, like when I thought it was so bad that he went up to his room and closed the door. <laughs> well, there was, it's the, like, uh, it, there, all the people are like, who wants to tell her? There was, yeah, there was the one time where, I, I, I saw it cause I saw it again on Twitter JLo like did that slide toward the camera and she was, you know, touching her crotch. Mm-hmm. Like she was like rubbing herself and it's like, wow, they've really gone a long way since the, uh, nipple gate back in the early right. 2000s. Yeah. Now, I mean like people welcome that. They're yeah. Like, yeah. Just, you know, it's expected nowadays. Just do it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, just let, just let it go. So go all out. Hey man, like the FCC is probably not watching. This is only the most watched television broadcast of the year. Yeah. Just go for it, dude. But yeah, what other thing, uh, last thing, Super Bowl related, any commercials stood out to you besides touchdown Tom? Um, the Bill Murray one for Jeep was good. Yes. Groundhog day. Yeah. Uh, what else? I enjoyed the one, uh, that made fun of Alexa, uh, the Snickers one, the Snickers one where they, um, threw the Snickers into the earth and then the, the influencers like fell in the earth too. And it's like, it's working. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, the baby nut one was weird. I that thought. was, and we, we called that. I'm pretty positive. Like we talked about that, that how they, they killed off Mr. Peanut and then they brought him back. Yeah. So that seemed pretty obvious. Yeah, that was, uh, that was good. And then I liked the cool ranch Doritos one as well with Lil Nas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Him and, uh, there were, who was the other, guy? uh, Sam Elliott. Yeah. 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 That was good. I don't know. It was just, it, the commercials, I feel like now try too hard to be funny. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's just like, man, just take it. Like, let's just do like a. Well, like I can just tell that the tide so- ones were pissing me off. I was like, I'm done with this guy. Personally, well, last year, if you remember, that like they kind of did some of the, the similar thing. Uh, the tide. This is a tide ad. Mm-hmm. Is what they did last year, and I thought that was funny. And I thought this year, like, yeah, they kind of kept the same approach, but it wasn't as funny as last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that some of those brands just need to chill. A little bit. It's amazing to me that what some people obviously do find funny because it has to make it through multiple screenings. Other people don't find that funny at all. Mm -hmm. It's like, how did, how did some of these commercials get approved and like not get told, Hey, that's not funny. Yeah. That's like, that's a stupid joke or something like that. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know. I feel like so many things in that world have been done Mm -hmm. at this point that it's like, you either got to be really out of the box or like just really like chill, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I will say that I, Bill Murray aside, I tend to lean toward if a commercial, I don't necessarily go for the celebrity mm-hmm. stuff. Like I think, Hey, you know, whatever a celebrity's in your commercial, big deal. But if, it, if it's a nobody and I still laugh, then that's, that's a good commercial in my mind. Yeah, for sure. All right. I don't have a hot nut, so I'll just let you, unless right. I can think of one, I'll just let you give me yours. All right. Hot this week for me. We get a break from political ads. That's kind of a no-brainer. We do. Uh, obviously, they'll be back in full force, you know, come close to election day. But I'm not going to get bombarded near as much. Yeah, it was just, I'm, 
that was the one thing I was thinking about. I was like, man, maybe we won't have two years of of political ads now <laughs> if we aren't first in first in the nation anymore. That's true. I mean, maybe next time around it'll be much less, which would be awesome. That would be welcomed. And I, they're I, just I, so annoying, dude. Like they just yeah. We need someone to like make political ads funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, imagine if like a a true funny person like got into a serious presidential campaign. Like how like how quickly could they gain followers just because they're they're so different outside the box, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just I like I don't need like a voiceover of you with really <laughs> happy music behind it or like really inspirational music. Like just show me your personality. Yeah, and I think it's it's geared toward the the older crowd, all the especially all the TV ads, just because you know mostly I, I think TV, especially like nighttime TVs, tends to skew older. Yeah. Well, as, whereas millennials, you know, stream and everything. But even on YouTube, like every other ad I got was either for Tom Steyer or you know, Buttigieg or whoever. Yeah, Tom Steyer went all out, dude. Dude, he it's paid crazy. Like, he, I saw the numbers, and he paid like eleven million dollars for and, political ads in Iowa. And he got uh, well, according to the early caucusing, he got like no support here. Shocker. <laughs> but he's again, he, like every other ad I saw was Tom Steyer. I think everyone was tired of Tom Steyer. Yeah. Go away, Tom. Please. Uh, if, if I was him, I'd be really wondering if I should spend another cent on my presidential campaign at this point. It, that's what this is what now tells you that. I think I probably could have told you that before. I mean, yeah. Whatever this debacle but, was. But I mean, I mean, he's probably surrounded himself by yes men. So at this point, so it's like this is finally hard data telling him. They're probably just like. Man, should we tell him? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. well, I mean, I like getting paid, yeah. so you know, yeah. Maybe we'll just like string it out a little longer. We'll just let it go a little further. Yeah, just let it, just let it go a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what a joke. Anyway, All right, what's not? My not. Uh, a, kind of a weird way to end, but XFL hype. I no, no XFL hype at all. There hasn't been really been that much XFL hype. And I don't know if it's because just that we haven't seen anything. We're still kind of like waiting for the first few games to feel it out a little bit. I, I know that they have a few different rules that'll be interesting to follow. Um, and I'll be intrigued to see those. But I haven't really gotten the sense that everyone's all in on the XFL yet. Another surprise. Man. <laughs> yeah. A spring football league that no one is excited about. Yeah. And again, maybe a month from now after everything's debuted a little bit, we'll be changing our tune. But... I, I could see this being the kind of thing where it's around another three, four years and then gone again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, what'll I, be, I have a hard time getting excited about the XFL. What'll be interesting to me is if there are there suddenly is college seniors who aren't you know NFL bound who go directly from college into the XFL. That might get a little bit more interested or interest from the college sports crowd. I feel like the talent pool just isn't that big. Mm-hmm. You know, like. At least not right now. Mm-hmm. They're drawing from so many guys that it's like, man, that guy's still playing football? Yeah. Like Landry Jones. <laughs> yeah. is going to be the quarterback for the Dallas Renegades. I was looking at their roster today. I'm like, man, like what's Landry been doing? Mm-hmm. You know? I yeah. know he was the backup for the Steelers for a while, but. I mean, that was a couple of years ago at this point. Right. So then what has he been doing in the in the downtime? It's been a while since Landry Jones was the quarterback at yeah. Oklahoma. I don't know, man. Maybe he was He's just- probably 30, over 30. Yeah. I mean, I know I, they probably pulled a few people from the Canadian Football League, too. I I really don't know. And but even then, I don't care about the Canadian Football League, either. <laughs> yeah. So, and there's a couple Iowa State players on rosters. Yeah, EJ right? Bibbs and Jake Campos are both on rosters. Yep. Um, and I couldn't tell you what, what teams they're on. Nope, no clue. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry guys, but uh, 
Okay, so if we turn on the tube and we see you, then I'll cheer for you. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll tune into one of the games, but mm-hmm. I, I'm having a hard time getting too hyped about the XFL. Exactly. I mean, because I'm just so I'm so used to transitioning from NFL. It's all, I'm all in on basketball now. Exactly. Transition from the NFL to basketball. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. We'll see. Maybe maybe it'll catch my eye at some point. Like it would, it would make more sense in my eyes for them to wait until the end of basketball season and then fire it up like in that lull of where there's only baseball in the summer. Yeah. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, yeah, I, I love baseball personally, but the, there, I know that there are a lot of people who don't give a crap about baseball and they would watch a football league if that was the only sports. Summertime is like the time when TV's down, though. You know, yeah. well, I mean, everybody's hanging out outside and yeah, but nobody's I mean, really watching TV. Maybe you want to go to a barbecue and just throw up the XFL game, you know, maybe you do. That's right. There's no barbecue I want to go to. I don't think but. I'm talking directly to Vince McMahon right That's now. Right. <laughs> oh, man. All right, dude. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks to Carl Chevrolet. Who do they play tomorrow? Beat the Mountaineers. Yes. Yeah, beat the Mountaineers. Beat the Cowgirls, too. Talk to you guys again soon. Peace.